Hey guys, my name is Yael Feiner and this is My Climate, where I talk to regular people who find their own small way to make a difference. Desiree is young and ageless wise woman. She is a psychology student who practices freeganism. Freeganism is based on minimum participation in capitalism and conventional economic practices. This episode is about making a difference through reducing our food waste. So I understand you were working for the food industry. Can you share about what did you do and what was your experience? Yeah, so I worked as a line cook and a prep cook for a restaurant known as the Cactus Club. And I worked there for two years and watched... A lot of food waste I watched a lot of really just behind the scenes things that guests don't really think twice about I watched people order you know their $30 bowl and then I watched 60% of it get thrown in the garbage um, and it, it was honestly a really grief for ridden process because I hate food waste and I do everything I can in my own life to mitigate it and to also reduce it from the world around me from the local shops that are wasting foods and yeah so I learned that once something typically once an establishment or a restaurant has more than two or three locations they tend to stop the Really caring about the processes of their food waste why is that because it's not um, economically efficient uh-huh. it, it costs money to take care of things so right? what is needed to take care of the food like if a restaurant wants to save all the all the leftovers from people's dishes or whatever what how much it costs them well um, the saving leftovers from dishes is complicated because then there's like liability stuff with if people get sick from the cross-contamination of another guest interacting with it but in terms of like the actual stuff that gets wasted from the restaurant before it's even served to guests mm-hmm. um, they would have to connect with a provider to then redistribute the food and you So that's what I was speaking with you earlier about about livable market the place that I've been going now um, once a week well it's all volunteer run um, and it does connect back to a local church who does the work but they go and they collect all the food from the providers and then bring it to this market and the volunteers distribute it and there's a whole process but it's It takes people stepping forward to say I want to help in this process and I want to devote my energy to ensuring that all the energy that went into this food isn't wasted but a restaurant has to put in the time to connect with a community that wants to repurpose that and make that happen and often in big cities too it's a it, there tends to not be those people looking to to make that happen interesting because there's lots of hungry people and the food prices are going up so much so what Does it cost uh, something to a restaurant to if somebody just come there and say, "I want to take those food waste?" It doesn't um, that process of handing it over doesn't cost money. But 
I think that restaurants and companies are a little bit hostile some of the time because, well, they've paid for this product yeah, and then they just want to throw it away because, you know, they don't want to think about having to even make the schedule to, to let the provider pick it up. Um, they really just want everything to be as fast and efficient as possible. And so to them, efficiency looks like throwing perfectly good food into the garbage. Fast and efficient, the, the capitalism and uh, <laughs> seek, seeking into every, everything we do. Absolutely. And it's, it's that just fast pace, keep fast it going. Pace. Don't let the machine stop turning mentality. My friend recently got me into dumpster diving and we visited this local grocery store by us. And What is dumpster opened. diving? So that's when you go to the food waste bin of a local shop okay. and you open it and then there's often a bunch of fresh, fresh produce just right there. Um, and so there was like this big box of just kale, fresh lemons, untouched cabbage just sitting right on the top, perfectly waiting, almost fresher than it looks like when it's on the shelf. Why would you th- they throw it? Why would you do that? Because they order too much or they see one little brown edge on a leaf <laughs> because people, yeah, they, even someone sees a couple speckles on a banana and then that just, oh, throw it away. But you can make banana bread. You could freeze it and put it in your smoothies. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many levels. My friend actually made um, vegan pulled pork with the peel of the banana. Um, for all of us in, to go into our tacos recently. And he made it in the slow cooker and it was delicious and tender, just like pulled pork. Wow. Yeah. Why it's important to not throw food from your, well, your perspective? It increases your carbon footprint immensely to be throwing your food away. Even to let somebody else's food get thrown away, you could reduce the carbon footprint by making use of it because there's so many rains and suns and hands and life that have gone into the processes to make it happen, let alone the machinery, the truck that drove it to your city. So to stop it from going to waste is one less thing that you then have to buy that then contributes to the next truckload of things being driven into your local shop. So the, the, the footprint and maybe thinking about hunger in other places in the world, like if we waste less, would it help Yemen that now is suffering from hunger and Africa, is it soon will suffer from hunger because of the war in Ukraine and Russia? Like, is it also all connected in this way? Uh, I don't necessarily think that I could make a direct connection between those things. At this point in time, I, I don't have a deep enough understanding to be able to connect it that far. I would say that ultimately places like that are often exploited for our goods to be here now. So you could probably uh, contribute to reduced exploitation of workers in other countries by not wasting the food here so that less of it is being consumed by you personally but then that extends to even eating what is local and in season where you are because you don't really need the fruits from Mexico in the winter 
when you could just have whatever fruits are local and in season to where you are. But there's no uh, local fruits here in the snowy winter in Canada. Um, well, I mean, in snowy Canada, yes, but BC has a pretty long growing season and a lot of what's harvested here, like say simply for apples, for example, yeah. apples primarily, we have enough to last almost all year round. Okay. So not locally grown like now, right now, but they can save it for the winter. Things that we can save for the winter yeah, when it's well, grown here without yeah. using the... Do you know how it's shipped to Canada, to BC, for example? Is it shipped by, by uh, air or by ship? How the... A lot of things come on ships, ships for sure. Okay. There are some air travels, no doubt, but it, I think the majority <laughs> comes by ship. But that takes more time and all the lettuce and, you know, I don't know, all the very gentle uh, greens can be dead by then. Well, that's part of the whole cycle of there being so much food waste in the first place is that often even, yeah, by the time produce is on the shelves, you look at it and it's, you know, already going and then people don't want to take it and make use of it. But You could put it in a stew, you can make a broth, like there's so many things that the veg doesn't need to be so crispy fresh for you to still make something that is going to be delicious and nourish you. It's about reframing and rethinking about the way you use your food. Like I recently got these beautiful carrots from the farmer's market and my veg drawer was filled with all of the t- carrot tops, the green carrot tops. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, what am I going to do with these? And I made a delicious carrot top pesto. And it was amazing. And all yeah. those greens had so much flavor. And yeah. I, why would I throw them away? You know? Yeah. When most things can become something else. Yeah, I volunteered in the food garden in, in Nelson. And they have a huge cabbages. And the big leaves, they throw them away because they get hard. Mm-hmm. So I used to pick the big leaves and make rice mm-hmm. rolls. You know? You, yeah. You steam them. <laughs> And, and they're going to throw them away because it doesn't go with the hard, regular cabbage that they usually wait to form in the yeah. end of the season. Yeah. But it's perfectly things. good. It's and amazing. Perfectly, yeah, it's nutrient-dense and it's great. Yeah. And big. <laughs> and big. Like yeah. So you said you are, how do you call it, free vegan? <laughs> I like, yeah, I like to say freegan. I think that... Freegan. Yeah, what is it? I, so to me, it's a relationship with food and the earth that considers, well, I guess actually it begins with gratitude. It begins with understanding that to be alive on this earth and to be consuming anything that fuels my life is an honor, is a gift. And if, say... Yeah, someone cooks a dish and it has some meat in it that is local or that was going to go to waste and they need a mouth to give it to, I will eat it. Sometimes I do struggle to eat it because I am very sensitive to texture and the texture of, of animal meat does actually trigger my body a little bit. I don't really love it, but... By reframing my thinking and realizing that this is a gift and that this is something that is very sacred, I'm most often able to eat it. And I primarily only cook 
veggies and, and things for myself and my friends. But for example, to come full circle back to dumpster diving, yeah. my friend found a huge, big, uh, perfect box, still cold, with 12 blocks of cheese in it, almost like $200 worth of cheese. And so she gave one to everybody that lives in our house. And so I'm eating this cheese and I'm using this cheese because, well, it was going to go in the garbage. And so that's freaking to me. Yes, I don't, I haven't bought cheese in the past month, but this cheese was going to be going to waste. And so I'm going to use it and I'm going to treat it as a gift and I'm going to be grateful for it. And to, to let it go to the garbage and say, well, it's because I'm vegan, I can't eat it. Well, that's to say almost like I don't really care that this cow was milked and I'm not honoring that all of the processes that that happened for it to exist in the first place for it to exist in itself is a sacred process and then for it to get thrown away is a shame yeah so to actively not buy the product well that's a radical act and I respect that so deeply for people to say I will not consume that but when that comes from a different source and you aren't actively contributing to its production, well, then I, I challenge people to ask themselves, well, why not? Mm-hmm. Why would I let something like this go to waste? Right. Why well, you can give it to somebody that is not vegan. Yeah, yeah. Which that, yeah, would do exactly. almost the same in a way. Yeah. But some people yeah. would be sensitive that it came from the garbage. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. But I mean, it's completely airtight sealed in a piece of plastic, right? Yeah. And then it's still in a closed cardboard box. So yes, I see what you're saying, but that's also just a sort of, um, it's a privilege. It's a privileged mindset. And I think that it's time we start rethinking, you know, if this thing isn't going to make me sick, if this thing is safe, then why am I afraid of it? Or why am I above it? Right? Because people in different circumstances would kill to have that, would kill to be able to use that and eat that, you know? And so as we sit here with our nourished bodies, I think we should challenge ourselves to rethink how sacred food is because a lot of us have come to take it for granted. Does it matter for you if the animal had suffered in the process of creating food out of it? Uh, if it made in the industry process or if it's a, a local farm? Sort of ironic is that, you know, someone will get really worked up about the suffering of a cow and they won't eat the cow. But then they'll get all these avocados and they won't think about the people that have died to get those avocados to them. Avocados are considered green gold in Mexico. They are one of the largest cartel uh, organizations in the world. And that's why your avocados cost three or four dollars because they are one of the highest prizes. And so people don't think about the six-year-old tirelessly plucking all those avocados or that, yeah, someone being shot so that someone could steal all those avocados and then bring them and sell them themselves. And so people think about what's on the forefront, what's at the surface, but there's so much. It's such a complex system and it, it reaches out into everything. And so what seems as harmless as an avocado sometimes isn't. So I, I challenge wow. people to, to think deeper than what's obvious. It's obvious that if we kill an animal, it's suffering. 
it's painful, especially if we do it in the slaughterhouses, you know, how would they force cows down hallways and they can smell the blood and all these terrible things. Yeah. Of course, that is evidently suffering and you don't want to actively contribute, contribute to that. But yeah. when you start thinking about the more nuanced things that aren't so obvious, you start to wonder, well, how can I limit it? How can I be less of a contributor to all of these things that are coming from other countries that I can't see the conditions these people are working in? I can't see the children on those farms. I can't see the ship that's pouring all its gas into the ocean to bring it to me. And that's why I think yeah. food waste is one of the best places to start. There are many problems in our world and there are many solutions too. Some of the solutions can be more impactful. However, If we fight over who is doing the right kind of activism, we'll find ourselves in a deeper problem. You might care more about the avocado workers, and you might care more about animals suffering, and you might care more about food waste. You are part of the solution. You are someone on the scale of doing good. Make sure that you're not creating a new problem by judging other people for not doing the right kind of activism. Divide and conquer is a very effective way to weaker our communities. We can't afford that. If people are doing their best and they care about the planet, they care about forest, they care about animals, about waste, they are part of the solution. We need all of us to pull this off. In the Jewish tradition, there is a blessing to elevate the animal soul. So human won't have animal consciousness. And I know also that in the First Nations uh, tradition, there are ceremonies with the intention to honor the animals' lives. Yeah, in a lot of indigenous traditions, there's already just such a relationship with the way that the animal's life is taken that it's already a pretty sacred act. So in a way, even the consumption, the death of the animal is all part of that sacred dance of accepting that it is fueling new life. But for myself, I do like to take a moment and I like to close my eyes and feel in my body um, gratitude for the death of this thing, this animal, this being, to be fueling my life. Yeah. And yeah, you know, especially with meat that's being wasted, Like at this livable market I went to, this isn't even meat that's gone to the garbage. It's just meat that's been gifted straight from the grocery store to this market that's like, we're going to throw it away. Well, I would ask you, it's like this animal has suffered. Its life has been given. And now, now what? Now you have the honor of letting it maybe fuel your own life rather than letting it be tossed aside like garbage. It's not garbage. Yeah. It's meat of an animal that lived a whole life here on earth same yeah. as us so i think that especially when the source is from a source that could have wasted it that's when it's really important to do that act of gratitude yeah. i personally haven't bought meat from an actual store which is why yeah. I, when i say freaking i mean i'm not actively consuming from the source The times that I do get it are sort of this dance around the greater machine. And then, yeah, I try to transform these things into something that is going to mean something to me and is going to become a part of my life. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yes, I can totally connect to that. And I really appreciate you talking about food waste because it's one of those things that with almost zero effort and some intention, anyone can contribute and make a difference. The project Drawdown is a huge research about the climate solutions. Mentioned that food waste responsible to 8% of greenhouse gas emissions. And it's one of the... 10 top issues that we need to fix to mitigate the climate uh, crisis. Yeah, well, a big thing too is because food has become so expensive, people are becoming more and more hostile and more and more individual. People are less likely to invite seven, eight people over for dinner. Well, because that's going to incur a large cost. Yeah. But if you've utilized all everything that's being wasted well then food can become a more sacred act again you can take this food and go wow well it was given to me for free and so it should be redistributed and shared and you're sitting there and you're holding your cauliflower you're looking at your carrots and they look extra vibrant and extra beautiful and you are spending more time cutting them and enjoying them and then you're cooking them and sharing them and then that act of eating in, in a way it's portal to community. It's a way to celebrate that we're all alive and that we are all now engaging in an act of allowing waste to fuel our life today. Yeah. And it's, and right in this moment, it's not a waste anymore too. Exactly. If we call it a waste or trash, we don't want to put it in ourselves. But if we call it a food that somebody else decided not to use and repurpose it, become treasure. to become something valuable again. Well, it's exactly that. And a spiritual teacher who passed recently, Thich Nhat Hanh, he writes about this exact phenomena. He says, if you look deeply enough, you will see that the garbage is the rose and that the rose is the garbage because out of the garbage, any flowers can bloom, any plants can transform it, just as any plants can wither and decay into the landfill, right? So when we look deeply enough, we can see that this long, fluid line of life that these things live, they are only in one state that we are seeing them at that moment. And so what somebody called waste, well, now you take it and you cook it and you cut it and you make your delicious pesto and you put your sauce and you go, well, it's not waste, you know, I'm going to eat it and it's going to be my nourishment and then it will be waste when it moves through and out of me. But it's all... processes that we have to look deeply to see it as it truly is and to not believe this system when it tells us well that's waste because it's got the banana's got a couple speckles on it no that's my beautiful banana bread that's going to be warm and delicious for my family tonight right oh that that cabbage that big leaf on the outside well no that's going to be the wrap for my delicious rice roll right yeah. so It's a reframing of the way we think and not buying into this mentality that we're sold by the system that wants to charge us triple the inflation rate for our food anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe you can give more example now for people that are, didn't thought about it before. We can show some example of what we can do like with the cabbage. Well, this is a really insane one for me. With the broccoli, A lot of people throw away the whole big trunk of the stem 
Mm-hmm. The inside of that, if you peel just the first layer off of that stem, is this sweet, delicious white part of the vegetable that is arguably better than the entire little tree florets. Um, and it's sweet and delicious and yummy. And you could really even eat the outside too if you just chopped it up into little squares and then um, fried it or baked it. But that's like one little secret thing that I think is so funny. People throw away the entire bottom. People also throw away the bottoms of mushrooms. I don't know why. Chop them up. Throw them in. They're delicious. There's nothing wrong with them. A really great one that my friends actually have been doing is all of the, whether it's the green part of the cauliflower, the leaves of the cauliflower, the end of the celery, whatever it might be, they take all of it over the course of the week and they put it in a bag in the freezer. And then at the end of the week, They throw it all into a big pot and they make a delicious broth with all of the things that were initially going to be thrown away. And then, of course, they strain it and then it gets put away. But it's still, you know, becoming a new process, nourishing and ultimately just changing the way that we interact with food. Right. And realizing that, like, no, I'm going to use this for something else. And it's going to nourish me and I'm going to slow down and I'm going to spend some time thinking about, you know, what the next thing is that I could do with it. Would you wash, for example, the carrots before and then peel it and then you use the peels that you peeled to do the broth, this stock you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, you could totally put the carrot peel um, into the What stock. about it's the too- onion peel, which is very thin? Yeah, you could put that in there too. Two? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Huh. And I, I don't think I would put garlic skins just because they're too, they're a little bit too flaky and they don't really have much flavor, but the onion skin definitely has flavor. Another great one too is if you want to make your products more natural, so you're not contributing to the consumption of chemicals, your orange peels, put them in vinegar, let them sit, clean your counter, clean your bathroom, beautiful citrus smell. Mm. And it's, great it's a great way to repurpose your orange peels and then you strain it and then you use this vinegar with the smell of the orange or you could even well you could just put it directly in the spray bottle and it won't interfere with the spray you can leave it in there um, for the entire week or two weeks and then you could change them out when you have your new orange peels but yeah instead of having a vinegar smell you have a citrusy sort of vinegar smell and it smells much better than the chemicals most people are cleaning their places with anyway yeah awesome What about banana peel? Yeah, so that you could make a pulled pork with. So if you take the banana peel off of it and like, let's say I eat a banana every day. So I put it in my smoothie every morning and you can take the banana peel and cut off the hard stem at the top and the little bottom black part. And then you're left with that nice yellow peel. You can put it in a container and put it in your fridge. And then once you have three or four of them, They'll be a little bit brown, but that's more than okay. It's just oxidization. It's just natural sugars. It doesn't mean it's bad. You pull it out. You take a fork and you gently pull the peel and it gives uh-huh. this nice shredded texture. It gives you all these little shredded pieces. Yeah. And then you can throw it in a pot or a slow cooker with a bunch of spices, whatever spices you like. You could put cumin. You could put smoked paprika. You could put some garlic, some onion. Um, you could add a tiny bit of water and, you know, a vegetable bouillon cube or anything that you like for flavor and cook it for maybe half an hour to an hour on low heat. 
and it'll become this really tender, beautiful vegan meat. Amazing. It is really amazing. And we had it in some delicious tacos with some pickled onions and cabbage, and it was phenomenal. Food waste is one of those things that each one of us can do, and we have 100% influence on. Reducing our food waste will bring sense of abundance and reduce our monthly budget. When we change the way we interact with food, new questions might come up. Questions like, am I eating garbage? What will other people think about that? Will it make me feel poor? Is it really doing enough? And so on. So take a moment to reflect on your thoughts and what's come up for you. And maybe talk about it with someone to inspire meaningful conversation. And if you're working in the food industry, in the supply or manufacture or growing, or in a restaurant, you're in a position of leverage. You have the opportunity to make your work meaningful and introduce values like sustainability and caring for the planet. There is so much you can do from planning better and improving processes to name a few. If we adjust our thinking to a longer term, sustainability is profitability. Thank you for listening to My Climate, your weekly dose of inspiration. My name is Yael Feiner and I release a new episode every week. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help your friends find their own small way to make a difference, share it with them. Please sign up to the email list. You can find the link in the episode description. And I'd love to hear from you, your thoughts and your reflections. Reach out on Twitter. My DM is open. See you next week. Thank you.